Today will be our last message in Psalm 85, um, at least for a while, <laughs> uh, I, at least as far as I, I'm thinking anyway. It'll be our last message. We're going to look in verses 8 through 13 today in Psalm 85. And for our thought today, uh, we've titled this series, In His Steps. This is our third message from this psalm. And today we want to focus our thoughts on courage, courage to trust God's protection, courage to trust God's protection. Psalm 85 verses 8 through 13. And while you're turning there, uh, I read this and it was interesting to me, especially with what's going on today. Uh, During the years of, uh, during his years as the premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, he denounced many of the policies and the atrocities that were put in place by Joseph Stalin. Now, once he censored Stalin in a public meeting, Khrushchev was interrupted by a shout from a heckler who cried out in the audience, you were one of Stalin's colleagues. Why didn't you stop him? Hearing that, Khrushchev yells out, who said this? (laughs) And there was an agonizing silence all around. No one dared move. No one dared say anything. No one even twitched a muscle. And then Khrushchev replied, now that's why. Now you know why. Fear has a way of gripping us, doesn't it? And we can see that even with this illustration that courage to take a stand for what is right can be hard, especially when the risk is your own life. Here in the past two weeks, we've looked at this psalm and we've considered our need to live out our lives in his steps. We've learned in the first message that in order, if we were to live our lives out in his steps, that we could have the comfort of God's promises. In last week's message, we found out that if we would live our lives out in his steps, that we could be confident in God's provision. And today, the psalmist helps us to see that if we would live our lives out in his steps, that we can have courage to trust God's protection. Now is a time when this world needs courage, isn't it? We see all this going on around us, but it's a time when we all need courage. We need courage to know that God can protect us. When we stand for what is right, God will protect us. Now, listen, good, bad things happen to good people. It happens. But God will protect us. And I'll tell you where I'm at in this life. (laughs) I'm a winner either way. I've learned that no matter what comes my way, if I I make it home and I get to spend the, uh, the next 15 years with my family and with you, I'm a winner. 
But if I don't make it home today, I'm a winner because I'm going to be with the Lord. And because I know that, I have I can be confident that, that God is on his throne. And if God's on his throne and I belong to him, I can have courage to take a stand for whatever is right. When we look at this passage today, uh, we want to see the truth for what it really is. The Bible tells us, starting in verse 8, the psalmist says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. And this is God's holy word. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the comfort that we have in it. We thank you for the confidence that we have in you. We thank you, God, for the courage that you tell us to have. God, we know we can trust you with all things in this life. Help us, God, to be courageous men and women. Help us, God, to look to you and trust you in every area of our lives and to always stand for what you would have us to and God, we'll give you praise for what's accomplished in it all. And God, if there's one here today who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would give them courage to exercise faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross for, for salvation. God, that they would have courage to step out and boldly proclaim that, that you have saved them and that they're going to serve you. God, we pray that the day would be the day of salvation for someone, for we know tomorrow is not promised. Now, God, you be with us. You lead us, guide us, direct us, and in everything, we'll give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. It appears to me as I look at this passage that the psalmist believes the promises of God. He believed that God would answer the people's earnest prayers. And I've lived long enough and I've prayed long enough and I've seen things go on in this life and even in my life to where I'm a believer that if we seek the face of God, that God will answer our prayer. It may not come in the way we want it. It may not come in the time that we want it. But if we'll continue to seek the Lord, we'll hear from heaven. You know, with, with confidence and trust in the Lord, here the psalmist declares that God would speak to his burdened people. And with this, he had the courage to step out and declare that he would hear God speak. Look there in verse 9. He says, sure, or, or verse 8, he says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. 
for he will speak peace. Here we find that he, he declares he's going to listen to God, but he gives every indication here that he's not only going to hear what God has to say, but he's going to obey whatever God says. Why? We have to ask the question, why? Why would the psalmist declare that he was going to obey God? Well, it's clear here in the, in the text that, that the psalmist declared that God would speak a message of peace to the people of Israel. The ancient Hebrew concept of peace is rooted in the word shalom, which actually means wholeness or completeness. It implies a permanence. Actually, it carries the idea that it's what everyone wants and no one is against. Well, wouldn't that be great to know a peace like that? A peace that we know everybody wants and no one would be against. We can't everyone agree on anything in this world. It seems that seems like there's always somebody who's willing to step out and be different from the rest and say, I'm going to go the other way. But I I want you to know there is a peace that only God can give that when you experience that peace you can't help but want that peace and anyone who has that peace wants everyone else to have it as well here the hearts of the people were heavy because of God's judgment upon them despite everything that had taken place there was still a remnant who remained faithful to God. So the psalmist is saying here that, the, uh, or he was sure that God would encourage and comfort the people. It seems that he really understood what Isaiah wrote in 43, 1 and 3, when, when God wanted Isaiah to comfort those who, when uh, the Jews, when they were in exile. He says here, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. And I don't know if this means anything to you, but it means a whole lot to me. Right? When we look at what Isaiah is saying or what God is using, Isaiah there to say to the people he's not telling them that it's going to be rosy so you can go ahead and stop watching these feel good preachers these preachers that tell you that everything's going to be alright that's not what the scripture says he says when you walk through he says he says when you pass through the waters in other words the waters might get deep sometime but God's going to stop them from overflowing you you know you might have to walk through the fire but if you walk through it he's going to be right with you you won't be burned you won't be scorched you made the flames will not consume you because he is right there I remember on an occasion while the, while the Jews were in exile that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said I'm going to serve God no matter what. When the king said bow down, they said we won't do it. And the king said do you know what I have the, the ability to do? And they looked at him right in the face and basically said it don't matter what you do. Our God has the power to free us and even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. Well, when they put them into the fire, into the fire, those that placed them in there, they were consumed by it. But when them boys come out of the fire, you couldn't even smell smoke 
junk upon their clothes. I get around you with a cigarette, I'm a smell of that cigarette. But if God's in control and God's taking care of us, we can trust in his protection. Yes. Folks, the psalmist here, he trusted the Lord's word. He believed that if he would not turn away, if the people would not turn away from God and turn back to foolishness, that God's protection, the same protection that they experienced in bondage, they would experience that out of bondage. They would experience an abundant life no matter how difficult things may seem. I don't know if you, if you just think about the storyline. We've talked about it for three weeks now. If you think about that storyline, they're in bondage and, and they had finally made a life in bondage and they're freed from bondage. Once, the, once they're able to go back to Jerusalem, they're leaving a life where they had planted vineyards, where they had built houses, where they had had children, where they had given their children to marriage, and they had received others for their children. They, they had a life that was, that was pretty much uh, okay, even though they were out of their land. But when they went back to their home, they found everything in ruins. Everything was laid to waste. Yes, I can imagine some were thinking, look what we left. We made a 900-mile walk from Persia to here, back home, and nothing is standing. Everything is on the ground. I imagine they were discouraged. I imagine when they saw enemies all around them, they were distraught. But the psalmist says here that they could experience an abundant life if they would just trust in the Lord. Well, we all can truthfully say that God has been faithful to us, can't we? No matter what our journey has in life has taken us on, he's been faithful to us. And because of his faithful, no matter what life presents to us in now or even in the future, we can trust his protection. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And that word forsake carries the thought of intentionally forgetting about some, something or someone. And God is not capable of forgetting or forsaking you and I. I've come to find out that no matter how many times, no many times things look dark, God is still the light. And if we'll look to him, he'll provide everything that we need. You've experienced some of these things in your life. You, you, some of you have been, have been concerned while waiting for a doctor to give a report of a result that you, from a test that you have taken. Some of you have been burdened over some loved ones whose life is spiraling downward. Some of you have been stressed because you can't control the outcome of some major event that's taking place. But instead of trying to control what we can't control, if we'll just turn to God's word, we'll find that he has a word for us in every situation of our lives and that word is to be strong and be of good courage. God has not given us a spirit of fear but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind and if we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ we can, he can, we can trust in whatever protection he gives us. But if we also turn to the Lord in prayer some of you can attest to this. Some of you may need to help somebody really understand this. 
If we turn to the Lord in prayer, he will speak peace to our hearts in a way the word, the word sometimes it feels like he's reaching down from heaven and he's wrapping us up in his loving arms and he's comforting us. Some of you have felt that comfort from God. I know his spirit. I know he doesn't have arms. He's a spiritual. He's a spirit. He is God. But he has a way. <laughs> he has a way of comforting us. It feels like he's rocking us just like we rocked our children. If we trust in him. Revelation 3 and 20 tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. Oh, he wants to and he desires to give us the, the courage to just stand with him no matter what this world throws at us and we can courageously trust in his protection because redemption is before us redemption is before us the Jewish people they have prayed for God to save their nation those who still rebelled against him uh, they were praying for, for the nation and those who were rebelling against him God announced that his salvation was near uh, those who would fear for those who would fear him. What that meant was salvation was near to those who would submit their lives to him in obedience to him. Salvation was near to those who would live their lives out in his steps. He was ready and waiting to save them, but they were but they had to repent. He promised that when the when the people of the nation turned back to him, that he would bestow his gifts upon Israel. He would fill their land with glory. He would shower the he would shower them with his mercy and truth he would work his righteousness in their lives and give them peace he would place his truth in their hearts and throughout the earth he and his righteousness would flow down from heaven in other words God would meet their every need when we look at this and we think of this storyline and all that's taking place we have to think of Nehemiah and all that he went through when he arrived in Jerusalem. Uh, Nehemiah, before starting to work, to building the walls, he surveyed the land and surveyed all the destruction for three days. And then after the three days, he, or during those three days, he went to the Lord in prayer. And he sought God for a plan. God gave him a plan and he enlisted the people that he needed to help him build the walls. But then when we would do good, evil's always present, isn't it? Yeah, immediately after getting started, Nehemiah was faced with opposition from the enemies of the Jews. He faced opposition such as ridicule and mockery. He faced threats of opposition from the north, east, south, and west. He, he, the, those people who were surrounding Jerusalem, they were, they were just threatening to, to invade them. He faced attempts of discouragement from the Jews. As a matter of fact, there was slander running rampant. The wealthy were exploiting the poor. There were attempts to make Nehemiah look like a coward and he faced betrayal even from the Jewish people but Nehemiah never gave up he never gave in with courage he stood on what God had told him could be accomplished and he trusted God to protect him in the midst of everything and in 52 days the walls that had been laid down for 150 years were standing up and the people were able to rejoice over the walls they were now protected from their enemies they didn't 
didn't just stand the walls up, but Nehemiah led them to building houses inside the walls of Jerusalem. After they built houses, they committed to a covenant. After they committed to the covenant, they dedicated the walls, showing their enemy that God had provided all that they needed. I want us to understand something here, that if we will trust God, that he will provide everything that we need. He protected them and their land, their worship, their nation. It was restored. God had redeemed his people. You know, and God has provided redemption for you and I today. He sent his only begotten son into this sin-cursed world to provide salvation for us. He came to redeem us. Jesus done all that needed to be done. He lived a sinless life. He fulfilled the Holy Scriptures. He became the spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 tells us, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then on the third day, God raised him from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Our redemption is before us. Our salvation is near. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. If you will have courage to exercise your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he will bestow the gift of the Holy Spirit upon you to lead, guide, direct, and empower you to live in his steps. He will open your mind and your heart to the very truth of his word. And he'll lead you in righteousness as he extends to you his peace. His redemption is before us if you have the courage to believe. Yes, our redemption is before us. But righteousness also goes before us. The psalmist is saying we can have courage because his righteousness is before us. Look there in 30, in 13, in verse 13, he says, righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. Here in this verse, God declares, or the psalmist declares that God's righteousness will go before him as if it's leading the way to restoring people. You know, we said a couple weeks ago that it says that righteousness goes before him as a herald. And we said that Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God that, that went before him. He's the righteousness that leads us to Christ, to the Lord, to God. And this word from God is not just for Israel at the time that they were in. It was also for their future. God's righteousness prepares the earth for him and his coming kingdom. When Jesus sits on his throne, when he has that millennial reign, y'all do know he's going to reign on earth, don't you? He's going to sit on his throne. And when he does, he will reign with righteousness. Then the blessings of God will fill all the earth. There will be complete obedience to God. That doesn't mean everyone's going to confess him as Lord and Savior, but they will obey him because he will reign and he'll reign without. He's not coming back as the lamb out of Judah. He's, he's not coming back as a lamb led to a slaughter. He's coming back as the lion out of Judah and he's going to reign and there will be obedience. 
And when Christ comes, Israel, many will turn to him and be saved. His steps, the footsteps of Christ will be the way or the path for all people. They will walk on a highway of holiness and all the earth will be filled with his glory and they will rejoice in him. Oh, that's going to be a wonderful time. You know, in that dispensation, it's so much different than today. We're facing all that we're facing, but we who are believers, we who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, when he comes back, we're going to be with him and we're going to rule and reign with him during that time. He's going to reign as supreme and we're going to, we're going to be workers for him during that thousand years. And it's during that time the Jews will come to know him. We will be a light still in that day. The church will be his representatives to reach his people. Oh, what a day that will be. You know, most of us remember the story of Joseph. We remember how Joseph's life was filled with trouble. But God came to the rescue there was, there was one occasion when he was 17 years old. He came and he reported to Jacob, his father, who, they, who was called Israel at the time. He came to report to him that his older brothers, they, they just weren't doing what they needed to do. Jacob came and he reported all their wrongdoings. He exercised courage to be faithful even at a young age. Now some viewed Joseph as a tattletale. He went and told daddy on his brothers and it angered his brothers. It didn't help that Joseph had a coat of many colors that he wore around displaying his father's love for him. But what Joseph is actually displaying is a sensitivity to righteousness. If we read further in Joseph's lives, we find that the righteous living came at a cost. A great cost to Joseph. But God is faithful. <laughs> he is faithful because in time God proved and he honored Joseph for doing right. Listen folks, Hebrews 10 and 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great reward. The Lord will reward us when we walk in righteousness. When we have our courage to live out our lives in his steps, we will receive his peace in our hearts. Psalm 29 and 11 says the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Jesus said in, in John 14 and, and 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid and if there's if there's any gift that we all need in this world it is peace the peace of God if we exercise our faith in Jesus Christ if we will have courage to live out our lives in his steps he will manifest his glory in us and through us God will shower us with his mercy we will find that his faithfulness never fails he will give us every good and perfect gift providing for our every need and protecting us all along the way and when we fail if we will repent and obey he will restore us he will bless us he will make us fruitful as we go forth doing his will but we've got to trust him we've got to trust him which means we've got to have courage 
to trust in his protection because he provides everything that we need. As every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I want to ask this question to you who don't know this God of Israel, who don't know Jesus, Lord of the church. My question is, will you today? Will you have the courage to step out believing that Jesus is God's only begotten son? That he is savior of the world? Will you, will you have courage to say that you believe that he died for your sin? That he rose from the grave for your victory? Will you humbly repent of your sin and ask Jesus to forgive you, trusting that he will? Will you receive him as your Lord and Savior? If you will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will reside in you. He will lead you, guide you, teach you. He will direct you. He will empower you. And you will receive the gift of eternal life. The question is, will you? Will you today step out in courage, thinking not of your neighbor, not of your past, but thinking of right now and looking forward to eternity? Will you surrender your life to Jesus? As they begin to sing this song of invitation, will you today? Will you come? I'll pray with you. I'll lead you to Jesus. Is there one?